Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This, this, this is an Intel Studios production. Why... Is it that every time I see you, I I can't remember anything that I've done and I literally haven't seen you for a week? Yeah. Um, how are you, though? Are you all right? Yes, I'm good. Yeah? I haven't seen you for a while. A week. Has it been a week? A yeah. lot has happened mm-hmm. in a week. Has it? Can you remember any of the things well, that's happened? Well, I went to see the personal history of David Copperfield, not the magician. Whether I turn out to be the hero of my own story whether that station will be held by anybody else. These moments must show. I am David Copperfield. I am indeed. What lies before you is a fight with the world. Because everybody says to me, oh, what, the magician? It's like, no, mm-hmm. Charles Dickens. Does that, <laughs> do people not think Charles Dickens when you say David Copperfield? Yeah, well, you know, it's, a, it's, it's something that's plagued my life, being called Michael Douglas, yes. is, is also what happens. Oh, the real one. Yes, um, I mean, is that annoying? That yeah. happens all the time. I, it happens to me. Yeah. I, when I, I think, say Michael Douglas and I go, oh, and I go, mm-hmm. no, yeah. he is the real one to me. Yeah. I, a lot of people might not know this. Did you know that uh, Michael Douglas's real name is not Michael yes. Douglas? And why was that? There's another bit to that story. Well, C- Kirk Douglas obviously wasn't Kirk Douglas. He changed his name to Kirk Douglas and then therefore had kids that went on to, to become Michael Douglas. So but he Michael, probably changed it by deep pole and everything. Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas. Oh, really but he confusing. had to settle for Michael Keaton because Douglas was already taken. So Michael that? Douglas isn't Michael Douglas. Michael Keaton's Michael Douglas. Yes. But he had to change it to Michael Keaton because Michael Douglas, Nick Michael Douglas. Totes. And here you are all along, the real thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's probably where the problem with David Copperfield lies, is there's two of them, and one's arguably better than the other. David Copperfield went out with Claudia Schiffer. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, my God, that was an amazing... I mean, that is another what attracted you to the multi-millionaire David Copperfield, who's also a magician. He, wasn't he quite handsome? No, he uh, always looked like... But he was quite like... handsome in a sort of, sort of plasticky, suave yeah. way. I don't think there's anything handsome about him. I he might just have to Google weird. him in a minute. But he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. So if you can do that, Claudia mm. Schiffer's easy. Yours. Right? Yeah, mm. exactly. Was it any good? Um, but wait, can I just quickly say something? We've yeah. got to post a picture of David Copperfield on the Entail app. Mm. That needs to be done. The magician? Yes. Okay. Um, the magician. Sorry. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I, just, I need to clarify. You do it's need really to clarify. Confusing. Yeah. Anyway, you love Armando Iannucci. Oh, yeah. The guy's a genius. And you love everything yeah. he's written. Mm-hmm. And you think he's a genius. I do. Now, I think that any huge fans, and this includes your mm-hmm. dad and Sue, yeah. um, of Armando Iannucci might find this film mm-hmm. um, quite a departure okay. 
from what he would normally do. We, but should, we should probably establish who Armando Iannucci is. People might okay, not know. Okay, you're better. Okay, you're, you're so better because you probably know his CV better than I do. He, uh, I guess he started out as a writer on a show called The Day Today, which is a Radio 4 comedy programme that had people like Steve Coogan on it and writers like um, Stuart Lee and Richard Herring and people like that, and Chris Morris, of course, who then went on to make that TV show, The Day Today. Uh, And then it was a a big kind of political satire show, and it made uh, big headline news, I guess. It was quite controversial. Obviously, Armando Iannucci went on to do things like Alan Partridge. Yes. And then went on to do um, The I Thick of It. I love that you are literally just reeling this off the top of your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I you know, know all, him. all this stuff, yeah. And then he also, he also then started making lots of films. He did a film called In the Loop, which was yes, the kind of I movie version, which I have to say is just fantastic. Mm. I watched it again recently. It's about the Iraq war and the dodgy dossier and all the rest of it. But it is just, it's not dated in the slightest. It's hilarious from start to finish. And it was one of the last films I was I was in where there was a standing ovation and applause at the end. And what is it that you particularly love about his writing? Is it that it makes you laugh? Is it that it's satirical? Is it that it's political? Is it that it's all of those things? It's all of those things. I think it's pro- the, the progression of comedy. It's like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it in, in the correct direction. So it make, it's thought-provoking, it makes you think, and it's intelligent. And it obviously satirises things that are all around us at the moment, which helps you then question society and the things that are going on in it so he's just brilliant at that and alan partridge does that uh, brilliantly as well um it's interesting that he didn't do the alan partridge film uh, a couple of other guys did that so i wonder if it was difficult for him to let go of that or not but then he went on to do something called the death of stalin recently yes you saw which that. was superb was right? so clever mm. and thought-provoking yeah. exactly but he's extremely well-read, and I know he's a huge fan of Dickens, so I would have thought this was a bit of a personal, maybe, vanity project for him. Yes, but mm. I think the big problem for you and other huge fans are that it isn't really satirical, it isn't, it's a homage mm-hmm. to Dickens and how he came to, how David Copperfield came to become a writer, and ah, okay. slightly autobiographical mm-hmm. um, David Copperfield about Charles Dickens. Okay. And Dev Patel plays a David Copperfield, which is quite a departure from any other version of David Copperfield because this um, film has colourblind casting, which I've I've never seen before. No, me neither. I've never heard of it before. What was really brilliant about that was that at the beginning you thought, oh, it's Dev Patel, but playing David Copperfield, I very quickly didn't even think about that. Um, what, the colour of his skin? Da- yeah, da- yeah, yeah, David Copperfield, uh, his mum was white. Um, th- there were many, many very mixed race families mm. where they couldn't possibly have been yeah. the parents of that. But you didn't, it didn't <laughs> matter. The acting was so good. Mm. The colour was irrelevant. And I thought there should be more colourblind casting mm. in movies I don't understand. But it wasn't distracting for you. It was not. That's what I thought was so clever about it. I think maybe if the acting wasn't brilliant, Mm -hmm. it would be more distracting. But the acting is so spot on and brilliant that you just don't notice it at all. And the other thing is, it's funny. It's amusing as opposed to really funny, which a lot of Armando's previous or Unity, whatever you want to call it, previous work is Yes. So you're not going to be guffawing the whole way through, okay. but it's a really pleasant 
movie to watch and it's a costume drama again mm. huge departure for him but the costumes and the vibrant colors and the actors that are in it it's got um tilda swinton it's got hugh laurie dev patel is amazing in it paul whitehouse and a load of other actors who you might not um yes. know who are really really good and ben Whishaw. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, I've seen the trailer for it, and, and I remember thinking, heap and he's wow, like it's brilliantly chock disgusting. a block with people, right? So I was absolutely blown away when I went on to IMDb because I know how obsessed you are with yep. um, timings and also ratings. This got, out of 10, 6.6. So I quickly went on and I quickly gave it an 8 out mm. of 10 stars ratings in the hope that it might boost it quickly before we started the podcast and it didn't although the meta score was 75 okay and actually the people that gave it below 50 on the meta score uh, their Mm. objections to it i found um pretty weak and most um reliable critics were heaping praise on it peter capaldi's in it yeah i just obviously because and nucci loves yes um, it was malcolm tucker of course Yeah. yeah so he's absolutely brilliant in it as well and it was also written by Simon Blackwell. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yes, who also worked on Rafika Bit. And um, Yanucci directed it. I mean, it's a funny little inner circle that they've got going on, yes, I those, know. those writers, Cliquey. that I'm just so jealous not to be part of. I- <laughs> there is a podcast out there, if you want to know more about Armando Yanucci, but there's a podcast out there called uh, Richard Herring's Live at the Leicester Square oh, Theatre. Yes. Yes, so I Richard Herring interviews is kind of comedy heroes but also people he worked with because he's worked with Armando but if you go back to the very early season of him he interviews Armando Iannucci and Graham Linehan who wrote Father Ted Mm, and mm. who's also part of the Alan Partridge set yes and he does an interview with those two and it's just one hour of non-stop I'll definitely listen to that it's absolutely brilliant and you realise how in tune they are with with writing comedy and understanding the kind of nuance of it and how it works it's it's so good. It's, if you're interested at all and want to know a bit more about him, then that's one of the best ways to go and do it. In fact, that whole series of uh, Richard Herring's Live at the Leicester Square Theatre, there's one on there where he interviews a guy called John Lloyd. Oh, yes, I love John Lloyd. I've listened to you that listened one. To that one it, right? You sent that to me. Yeah, I it's did. It's fantastic. It changed my perception of religion and yes. philosophy and all sorts of things. He, he's, God, he was brilliant, that guy. John Lloyd's the guy who, who wrote IQ or invented oh, IQ, not the nine o'clock news, spitting image, mm. Blackadder, you know, uh, um, just a fantastic guy. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I will go and see this just on the strength of Armando Iannucci being involved in it. You know? And... Yep. It's one hour, 59 minutes. Well, do you know what? I was just looking at it One there. minute under your two-hour cap. The rule is, if it's under seven on IMDb, it's got to be under two hours. And this oh, is one minute under that. Oh, I didn't know there was that. I thought you said it had to be seven or over and over two hours. But, but if you're under saying two if hours. it's under two hours... If it's over seven, I'll give it a chance if it's over two hours. Oh, okay. But if it's under seven... And over to two hours. Well, it sounds like they, they knew that when they uh, made I, I, this film. I will watch it. Um, I mean, one fifty-nine. that's by the skin of its <laughs> nose, isn't it? Uh, I can imagine them sat in the edit going, we've got to shave a minute off this, otherwise Michael Douglas won't watch it. Do you like Dev Patel? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's extraordinary. I mean, in Lion, oh, I mean, what a film. Yeah. It absolutely floored me, that yeah. film, and he was brilliant in it. And, of course, something I've been meaning to show my kids for ages is Slumdog. Yes, and I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Slumdog Millionaire? I haven't seen it. Dev Patel gives just the most extraordinary performance, and it is very moving and um, very touching, and 
at the end mm-hmm. I cried quite a lot oh. so much so that um, Tilly had to come and give me a cuddle mm. and uh, sit on my lap uh, in the cinema I couldn't leave the cinema because I was really letting rip honestly yeah so you'll see why really at the end but do you do you cry more now than you did like 15 years ago no I, what happened was I used to cry a lot more 15 years ago mm. and then in the last since my sister died, mm-hmm. I feel like I built a wall Oh, okay. where I found it really hard to cry. And I would look at somebody and they'd mm. be crying and I'd be thinking, I should be crying here. Mm. I should be feeling something and I'm really feeling something and I'm empathizing, but I'm not crying. Mm-hmm. Why am I not crying? Am I abnormal? Or I'd watch something and I'd think... I should be crying. Long Lost Family used to make me cry when I watch it okay. on the telly. So okay. I'd be th- like, okay, I'm, I am human. Mm-hmm. When I do cry, it's such a momentous occasion for me. And obviously you've experienced a couple of times when that happens. And when it happens, I enjoy it so much because it does feel like a release. So there I was sobbing my guts out okay. at the end of the movie. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was extremely surprised to see it only got a 6.6 on IMDb. But I'd love to see what you think. I I would give it an 8. I gave it an 8. I know two people who have been to see it and both said they were disappointed. So it is really interesting. So that's your your dad? Yes, I think my... I mean, maybe it's unfair to say he was disappointed, but I I think he was expecting a Death of Stalin type effect to be had on him. And he didn't Well, it's a costume drama and it has to be true to Mm -hmm. an original work. Yeah, but the death of Stalin well, was as yes, well, I obviously. suppose. But it, um, there's less guffawing comedy. Yeah, okay. It, there's a lot of tragedy in it. Mm. There's a lot of heartbreak in it. I mean, you're watching a young boy's life unfold and thinking, God, how much more can life throw at him? Yes. This boy has countless terrible things happen to him. And yet he overcomes everything and uses all of it to become the most amazing writer and speaker. Okay. And it's overcoming adversity, really. So that becomes incredibly moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and you fall in love with Dev Patel and his character of David Copperfield okay. um, in such a big way. Yeah, I loved it. It's um, Your description of it reminded me of another film, which is uh, Tristram Shandy's A Cock and Bull Story, if you ever come across no. that. So that's um, Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Yeah. Where, um, they're, um, it's a Michael Winterbottom film. And we are going to do... We've got to talk about greed. Well, we need to talk about Michael Winterbottom uh, on the whole, I think. Yes. So I think maybe we should do a, um, a different podcast where we can do that because there's a lot of his films that you haven't seen. Like, you haven't seen 24-Hour Party People, have you? No, and I should see it because I'm probably in that. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, everybody else mm, is, yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, they also did the trip together, uh, Michael Winterbottom, Steve Coogan mm. and Rob Brown. But it was born out of the back of this A Cock and Bull story, which we should watch at some point. It's very funny. But it sounds very similar to what you're talking about. Mm. I have also been to the cinema twice to see the same film. Once uh, with me. Once with you and once on my own, uh, which was uh, Parasite. <laughs> I quickly want to ask you yeah. what it was like for you second time round. Was it better or had it lost something? No, I'd say it's better. I mean, I've watched quite a few films twice recently, mainly because I've got two kids and, and I sometimes uh, will take them separately to see things because of various things that's going on. Um, so I enjoy the second time round sometimes more because 
I roughly know the film so I can concentrate on some of the nuance and some mm, of the mm. bits and pieces that I maybe missed the first time yeah. around. Um, what did you think of Parasite? I mean, the first um, part of it, as a director mm-hmm. and aesthetically, I found it quite normal. I okay. mean, I, I was expecting to be completely blown away. Yeah, Oscar-winning yeah, yeah. direction loads and performance. Best film, best foreign and, film, best director. Um, Ryan Reynolds, who I adore, had said, oh my goodness, Parasite, you've got to go and see it. Mm. I know I'm late to the party, but everyone go... So I, I had really high expectations, which mm. is always a disaster mm. for a movie. You know, you walk yeah. in with very high expectations, you're almost certainly going to be disappointed. And I was a bit disappointed at the beginning. And look, I know the last few minutes were incredible, but it, for me, it wasn't Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, Quentin Tarantino's direct, directing feels to me innovative, breakthrough, mm. groundbreaking, so different. And the last 15 minutes... Of Hollywood. Oh, God, it's like, what <laughs> yeah. the hell? And that 15 minutes made me love that film so mm. much. And I want to go back and watch that again because I know that that's... But I don't want to watch Parasite again. Okay. But tell me what you mm. got from it then the second uh, time around. I thought... Um, well, first of all, I was trying to work out who the Parasite is exactly. Yes, I mean, that's um, another it's, thing. It's, it's quite tricky because in the little blurb here, um, there's, there's a little synopsis on on the um, IMDB here, which is interesting because the, f- the final line of it says, now the stage seems set for an uneasing winner-take-all class war. How does one get rid of a parasite? And I can't work out whether it's the guy in the basement, mm. spoiler alert, whether the poor family are a parasite on the rich or whether the rich family or a parasite on society or whether they're all just parasites i think that's the point they're all just parasites. i feel like then it should have been a plural if that was the case they should have called it parasites but maybe that's not the case maybe it is just the guy in the the basement i don't know so there was a few uh, unanswered questions i I thought it was the guy in the basement i thought it was the dad of the family oh yeah maybe well the thing that give it away the one I don't know if you yeah. saw the guy eating the banana in the basement. Yes. He peels a banana and then yes. he eats it like an insect. And yes. I, I thought this was a clue to say this guy's the parasite. Oh, you know? I didn't think that at all. Yeah, it was so I've creepy. I've never seen a parasite eat a banana. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm going to show you uh, that. Um, so there was one thing that bugged me about it, really. Uh, and, and they put it in, I think, specifically to bug me or, or the viewer, which is the bit where... The family have had, they've had this huge problem happen at this house and they've had to run away from the house. And then there's this huge storm and it's flooded the, the family home, which is this very small kind of poor lower class basement that they live in. And it's flooded. So they've now got to go and sleep on a gymnasium floor in the local town. And um, it's a quite a big catastrophe that's happened in the movie at this point. And um, the dad has said to the son, don't worry, I've got a plan. And the son kind of thinks, okay, great, my dad's got a plan of how he's going to fix this horrific thing, you know. And then in the middle of the night, he wakes his dad up and he said, Dad, what is your plan? You said you've got a plan, what is it? And the dad says, you know what plan never fails? No plan at all. And the son is like washed out by this idea. And he kind of ridicules all these people. The, the dad then ridicules all these people sleeping in this gymnasium hall. And he said... Look at all these people sleeping in this gymnasium hall. 
Do you think they planned to sleep here? No, they didn't. They planned to do something else and it failed. If you don't plan, you never fail. And I just thought, God, I hate that attitude. I, I yeah, but that's the it. point. That's why I think he's the parasite. Okay. Yeah, and well, that, maybe you're that right. Was put in there for that reason. Mm. Like I had a tangible feeling of real gut hatred yeah. for him at that point as well. I yeah. think the whole cinema sort of bristled mm. um, when he said that. Because the problem is, you fail all the time if you don't have a plan. You just don't know it, you know, and that's not good. And you don't learn anything from not knowing, right? He's such a disappointment <sighs> to everybody, to his family, to society, to to ev- to his wife. Until the end, of course. He slightly redeems himself by stabbing that guy. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's a spoiler alert there. But it's so good when he does it, you know. Anyway, I thought overall it was quite good. It was no way an Oscar winner. For me, it was a Western film made in South Korea with subtitles, which somehow gave it a kind of art house feel. But it was not an art house film at all. It seemed... And, and everybody keeps saying it's a very mainstream... He's yes, a very mainstream a main, filmmaker. It felt like a mainstream film. It did, didn't it? So I didn't think there was anything edgy about it at all. I'd go and see it, but I wouldn't necessarily rush to the cinema. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. To go and see it, I'd go and wait till it comes on. DVD now, uh, as I like to call it. What out of ten? Uh, I'd give it seven out of ten. I think it, on the I whole, it was too. good. Yeah, I thought seven out of ten. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a waste of money, but no. it's os- not Oscar worthy. In yeah, my opinion. and there's loads of reviews about it, so you can go and. Uh, that's why we. I don't think we should spend any more time on it. What because, did it get on IMDb? Um, it did well, eight point six. What? Yeah, with quarter of a million uh, views, uh, with uh, reviews. Sorry, and it's two hours twelve minutes. And it's classed as a comedy drama thriller. There's definitely comedy in it. It's quite humorous in some areas. But that's quite amazing, isn't it? The Emperor's New, the Emperor's New Clothes, yeah. I think, is floating around in there. Can I just uh, interject at this point to say I'm cooking us a chicken? Yep. Can you I smell know, that? It smells amazing. I think it might be ready. I might have to take it out of the, out of the oven. Yeah. Yeah, is that all right? It. Yeah. Do you remember we went out for lunch with, that, uh, with Fee the other day? Mm, talking um, about Fee. Yeah. She gave you some socks. She gave you some socks. Can we discuss the socks? They're called Stotterheim. Swedish? A Swedish, yeah. It actually says the strap line uh, on the packaging. Swedish melancholy at its driest. I don't understand. Me neither. But look how thick they are. I mean, that's the Swedish melancholy at its driest. Are they waterproof? No idea. I mean, they do make raincoats at Stutterheim. If you go on okay. their website, it's all those big old yellow fisherman yeah, raincoats lovely. and stuff like that. 
Um, somebody did say these were, were some expensive socks, but I can't find them anywhere on the internet. So maybe That's why they're, they're so expensive. <laughs> yeah, they're so this rare. This is the only pair in the world. Um, they, these are perfect for you because you like thick socks, or are these too thick even by your standards? I'm going to put them on and let you know. Oh, good. Yeah. God, there's um, a lot of you putting on socks on this podcast. There is, but you know, people keep sending me socks because we did, we did an episode on them. Look at that. That is... You Look could, at that. You could fit some Christmas presents in there. Um, oh, yeah, very nice. I want to talk to you about Katie Stanley. She got in contact with us via Twitter and she asked us to review greys. So obviously I can do that. Greys, grey hairs. Uh, no, I've got lots of those as well, but yeah. this is greys anatomy. Okay. Um, I am so familiar with it. It only needs to be called greys in my <laughs> vernacular. But um, I have watched... Mm-hmm. Every episode of all 16 seasons, three times, and I'm watching it for a fourth time, but I'm sort of dipping in and out of it with Chester. This drama, well, I love a medical drama. Mm. I always have done. But this drama, it's written by Shonda Rhimes. And Was that your doctor that just rang, by the way? Yeah. And then you, you do like a medical I drama, don't you? I love a yeah. medical drama. And if there isn't one, you can I create, create one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not feeling that well. Please, can you call me? Um, Shonda Rhimes Mm -hmm. is just the most magnificent writer. Mm -hmm. And I seem to remember, so 16 years ago, when this came out, she put many people of colour in leading roles as um, cardiologists, Mm -hmm. as um, leading surgeons, Mm -hmm. as um, the head of the hospital. And it was so good to see that. That Mm -hmm. hadn't really happened before. Sandra Oh Mm -hmm. got her break in this series. Oh, okay, from um, Killing Eve. Yes. And um, in fact, Killing Eve stole her from Grey's Anatomy, which is something I've yet to forgive Forgive Phoebe (laughs) Waller-Bridge for because it's never quite been the same but Ellen Pompeo plays Dr. Meredith Grey but it's all about relationships Mm -hmm. but it's also apparently quite true to life uh, the medical procedures and stuff okay and it's always interesting you know sometimes in medical dramas the storylines get so extreme yes I mean they they do do that a little bit in Grey's Anatomy but you do sort of believe it how the socks oh my god these socks are amazing are they are they have you seen which socks I've taken oh, off? They to look put at these that. On? Show me the bamboo ones. Yeah. Oh. I've taken bamboo socks on to put on Stutterheim. They're oh wool, right? God. Full yeah. wool. They're full wool. Swedish wool. Yeah. I mean, Th- they're going to shrink in the wash. Enjoy those wash. because you're never going to be what, able to wear what, them again. They'll I, be the size like of a crisp shrunk, packet like after it's been in a microwave. Because you get like they become like those um, socks for deep vein thrombosis, like yes. a support <laughs> sock. You know. I like like my feet to be gripped and <laughs> hugged by the sock so i'm looking forward to them shrinking oh my god they're amazing they look really comfy yeah, yeah. i'm quite jealous ah, why, why yeah. did she not bring me socks well because i'm the sock guy <laughs> you know. uh sorry um, yes no it's fine um, one of my favourite mm-hmm. characters is Miranda Bailey, and she plays the um, doctor that is in charge of all the interns. And she is played by Chandra Wilson, mm-hmm. and she is just the most lovable. She's a bit of a dragon, but she's got such a heart. She's incredibly fair. She's very passionate. And all of the characters are very different, and they all, you are so invested in every single character that joins that show. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first four or five seasons, the love story between McDreamy 
and um, Meredith Grey, that's the thing that keeps you going. Okay. Are they, aren't they? They get together, they don't get together. Mm. His ex-wife turns up, they get back together. I mean, it's like so Who plays intense. Meredith? Ellen Pompeo. Okay. She's not in anything else. She's not oh, okay. broken out and done any kind of movies. Obviously, Patrick Dempsey has gone off and done films. Mm. Funnily enough, uh, Justin Chambers is in it. He plays a guy called, a doctor called Dr. Alex Karev. Mm -hmm. And he is extremely handsome. And Alex Karev used to be a model at Models One. Ah, oh, really? Justin Chambers was a model, yeah, ah. at, at Models One. And I was there. Okay. So when I told my son that... I mean, I haven't actually, I've never met him, but okay. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, nearly. You nearly met him. You nearly. There's a, a degree of separation. I represented him. Yeah. I never got him a job, which is not oh, good, but anyway. Mm. Um, so Grey's Anatomy, if you haven't seen it, I know what that feeling's like when you think this series has been on for 16 Mm -hmm. seasons there is no way I can go back and start at season one it is going to be so old-fashioned yeah and I've missed the boat you haven't if I mean we live in a time of binge watching people love to binge watch stuff I'm telling you you have got this is weeks, a serious commitment it, weeks of your life yeah can be invested in this series you will not be disappointed I cry in every episode okay 16 every single seasons one. and how many Eps a season? Like 24. 24 eps yeah. a season. And they just keep coming out with new characters. And just when you think, oh, you know, that doctor's gone, I'm never going to feel this. When McDreamy left, I, I, I just thought I'm never going to enjoy it again. Like this is, this is yeah. finished. But something happens, you get invested in someone else. And that's why Shonda's so clever. She just writes the best characters and then interweaves them in such a delicate way. And then the patients that they treat will in some way tap into insecurities or mm. other people's, or their doctors' lives and the way that the hospitals work. And it's made me want to go to Seattle. It's all based in Seattle. Okay. Um, it's brilliant. Um, that's 384 episodes. Yes. And look here... Um, Ellen Pompeo between 2005 and 2020 was in 357 episodes. Wow, that's 192 hours. I'm just going to work this out. Uh, another really funny bit that I read today that I didn't realise is that um, Patrick Dempsey, who um, plays Dr. Shepard, who is Mr. Dreamboat, mm -hmm. love interest, actually auditioned for the role of Gregory House on House okay. in 2004 and then took the role of Dr. Shepherd. Wow. Oh, okay. And House lasted you yeah, know, yes, uh, yeah. quite a few seasons. It did, it did really well, maybe five or six seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. But my God, um, Grey's Anatomy went on for years and years and years. If you watched it, if you watched it back to back, eight solid days of See, your that's life. not long. You, what, 24 hours a day? 24 hours a day for eight <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, die. yeah, you'd yeah. die. That is really impressive. I really mean, if impressive. you can come up with a, some kind of construct that can last 384 episodes. But that's Shonda. You're, that's incredible. That's her. Yeah. She's the backbone of that show. And I know, well, I don't know her and mm. I don't know anybody that knows her personally. But I can see from interviews that I've read or yeah. articles that I've read about the show that she is so particular about yeah. the characters and what happens to them. She will not bend or flinch for anybody. She is, and that is why I think mm. um, it stayed so good and has endured 16 series. I wonder, I wonder how it compares to Friends, you know, or something like that. that. That's amazing. I can't believe it. How many series many. did they do of Friends? I can't remember. That's the thing. 
I'm going to take the bread out of the take oven. Take the bread. You can still keep talking. Well, I think I've finished on Grey's okay. Anatomy. What I would say is that it gets a 10 out of 10 for drama. I've never enjoyed anything in such an enduring way. But I am quickly going to talk about something that I'm going to review that possibly you might not use. Yes. It's such a clever idea. And that is bamboo makeup remover pads. I mean, it's all other about the brands, bamboo with you, isn't it? Yeah, because it is sustainable. It has a lot of other things. It's not just environmentally great. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of other things going for it. It's antibacterial. It's odor resistant. It's antifungal. It's hard wearing. It's a hundred percent biodegradable. Forty percent more absorbent than even the finest cotton. Cleaner for longer than cotton. Easier to dye than cotton, although these aren't dyed. Okay. Um, and very soft to touch. So I. Okay. Like, like, it's amazing. Touch it. So basically, my daughters, um, who wear (laughs) lots of makeup, they would get through maybe six or seven cotton wool pads to take off their makeup. Mm -hmm. More if they're feeling um, a bit. If they've layered it on. Yeah. If they've really lathered it on. <laughs> Saturday night. So what you do with these yep. is you empty these out on your table or whatever, or you put them in a glass jar, mm-hmm. and then as you use them, yep. you re-put them into the bag okay. um, that comes with, when you buy the pads, it comes with it. I know what you're going to say. Then you go yeah. like that. You, you have to tie it. I didn't tie it the other day. Okay. I washed three bags of these. Yep. They were all through my washing. I was like take, putting my trousers on. They were coming out of the bottom of the trousers. Tie up the bag with a little bow like that, put it in the washing machine, yep. wash, they come out perfect. I love that idea that you wash them in the bag. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just seems We're quite cool. used to washing in bags because lots and lots of women wash their underwear in their bags. Do they? Yes. So I, with my lacy underwear, like to protect my lacy underwear. And if you don't want it to get bashed about by buttons and poppers and things like that and other clothes, zips, oh. uh, you put it in a bag like this. And it protects your lingerie um, from getting battered about. But this just stops you getting annoying cotton pads yeah. in every orifice and pocket and yes, of all, um, piece of, of clothing. You, and also in your washing machine because it can get gathered uh, in the okay. little uh, lip of the that door. That's a brilliant but, idea. Um, my uh, stepmum, I hate calling her my stepmum. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to do that again on this show. Okay, yeah. My mum, Gabby, yeah. she bought these for the girls um, uh. a couple of Christmases ago. And I just think um, they are the best idea they're a great present for people and uh, they help the environment great i wonder how many makeup artists know about them because wow makeup artists plow through that stuff and there's so many makeup artists looking for vegan and sustainable makeup and sustainable brushes and and all sorts of of money to save um yeah that's that's a great idea actually um we should put that on our instagram page making a cut we definitely because we must have lots of makeup artists that um that follow that that page. Thanks for following, by the way. Those yeah, that followed. We're very grateful. Yeah, and for the interaction we've had. Uh, Graham has eaten some Twin Peaks chocolate. I Did know. You see I that? love that. I mean, <laughs> so many people are telling me. Yeah. Um, films that they've seen, or yeah. lots of people watched Flowers. Lots of people have bought bamboo socks. It's funny. Yeah, it isn't was, it? It's very funny. Yeah. Thank you very he, much for listening. We love it. He didn't like. The chocolate. He threw it in the bin. He had oh. one chunk. Said it tasted oh, that's a synthetic waste. and horrible, and threw it in the bin. But I thought he bought the dark one. He did buy the dark one he because we were told the milk by the, the listener that the milk is the one. Mm. 
And we bought the white one. Do you remember the, the white one? Had yeah, if that was too sweet. It. It's very sweet, yeah. I'd quite like to try the milk one. But I would say Graham sounds chocolate. like some kind of chocolate snob, I would say. A chocolate snob. A hotel, snob. He's a hotel chocolate person. <laughs> he absolutely sounds like that to me. You want to get yourself... Are you a chocolate snob? No, Ollie. Well... I'm the opposite. I do not like Galaxy, and you do. <sighs> Galaxy's the worst. If you want a synthetic-tasting chocolate... Try Galaxy. That's so controversial. It's Cadbury's all the way. Yeah, I feel or, like, like you're goading me. I am goading you. You're slightly goading me I'm there. I'm goading you. Consider I, yourself goaded. I, I, I'm, I feel goaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're on your own I'm with angry. Galaxy. If you're going to the shop... I'm not on my own with Galaxy. Got... It's the number one selling chocolate in Britain. Is it? Yes. Are you sure about oh, that? No, please let me be right. Is that a hashtag? Oh, please. It can't, it can't be Cadbury's. Okay, please. Okay. Um, uh, number Cadbury's is the number one, one selling chocolate. Selling that gorilla in the advert Choc said so in Britain. No, 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 it can't be Galaxy. It's oh, Cadbury Dairy Milk. Boom. Oosh. People, I knew I was right. Is, and, the, you know, is there some kind of a... just because it's popular? It, it does mean that it's the best. That's the measurement. So you are wrong. Okay, I was I was looking for second best, but there's you no, the, there's got, no she's second got a, a best. List of chocolate bars on yeah. her phone right now. There was a Drifter at the top. I loved it. Um, no, but Drifters that was the bottom. Dairy Milk first, Galaxy second. Yeah, it's not oh. good. It's not very nice. Um, one last thing then yes. uh, to wrap thing up was uh, I found a new uh, salad at Pret. I know. It's How long has it been out? Well, I don't know. I've never seen it before. I what t- is it? It's salmon, Ooh. right? It's salmon. So it's a piece of cooked salmon. Mm. It's cold, uh, obviously. I mean, it's tuna niçoises all the time at Pret, right? That, yes. Did is I it, pronounce it right? You did. Eh? Well done. Is it? So is it? What well, you know? They have those it's two box. sizes. It's is the it bigger the big, box? Oh, is it? It's a bigger box. Yeah, because some of them are too small. Yes. right? You think it's not enough? It's not enough. And the niçoise um, is. Uh, I've had it too much. Like. Yes, I can't do it anymore. The, the, the memory of I've it. I've moved yes. on from I've, a nice well, at prep. Well, that's what I, I'm the, on a chicken mayo. So, so this thing, oh, you're on the well, you're going to love this, right? Okay. Salmon's cooked really nicely. Yeah. It doesn't. It tastes a bit trouty, really, rather than oh. salmony. At first, I thought, I'm sure, this is salmon. Anyway, it is, and it's got coconut shavings on the top of it. Coconut. Yeah, right. I know. Brown rice, quinoa, and mango on the side. Smashed avocado with edamame beans in it. Who are you? Salad. And like some kind of shredded pickled beetroot and a dressing with mustard in it. I'm I know. I'm amazed that you went for something with quinoa well, in it. Well, me too. Me too. After, after having Dr. Megan Rossi here, I've been consciously trying to feed my gut some better things. I still have deep fried food. Don't worry, people. <laughs> um, but I am limiting that somewhat. And... Um, I, I stood there at Pret and I thought I should try and feed my but guts. But you some loved it. I really loved <gasps> it. Yeah. And the dressing is really good. Is it like an Asian? Yeah. Well, it's got. It's, it's, I guess it's like a classic vinaigrette, but with mustard in it. <gasps> anyway, it was just really nice. So okay. much so that I bought it again the following day. That's how good I, I had it. I took a be picture. careful. I took a picture of it. You'll see be, it on the end. Be careful. Like Slow down. I know. I know. Because I ruin it. You right? will ruin it. I'll go, I'll go all overdose on it. Yeah. Um, but that, combined with the pink rhubarb lemonade that uh, I made you try, um, is my new go-to lunch at Pret. Okay, thanks It was for that. fantastic. I'm going to definitely try that. It yeah. sounds right up my street. Uh, and if you go on the Entail app, obviously you'll be able to see that in action. I, I got it for my train journey back from Manchester. I've been in Manchester for the last couple of days. 
it's like the Wild West up there, I tell you. It's like going to another country. I've been I, down here too long. You know what I thought was quite funny mm. was when you said, you know, I arrived and I thought, God, it's dead up here. It's so quiet. And then you thought, well, it is Sunday night. And then you thought, actually, no, it's not. It's Saturday night and there's no one on the streets. It's very weird, that. It's like, I mean, if you're from Manchester and you live in Manchester, you probably think it's busy and hustling and bustling. But if you come down here for a bit, I mean, there's 10 million people virtually in this city and it's non-stop. Like, everywhere you go, there's people. That's just in the centre. Oh, and, and if you go to, out to Shoreditch mm. or you come out this way or whatever, I mean, it's, it, there's people everywhere. But you go to Manchester, they're all maybe in bars or clubs or restaurants. But the streets are actually dead. Eight, nine o'clock on a Saturday night. It's like a ghost town. It's so weird. But anyway, it's cold, wet, miserable up there. So I won't be going back until the summer, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm only kidding, people of Manchester. I loved it, obviously, you know. I mean, it's friendly. People talk to you and all it's that. So stuff, so friendly. It's very nice, yeah. Um, I did have one other thing to review, but I think we're out of time. I might just save it till next time. Save it. But you did ask me a question about cooking a chicken. Yes. Uh, do you want to ask me that question about I cook the chicken on the rack? Yes. So I've just looked in the oven. Mm-hmm. You were cooking a chicken. Yeah. And you were cooking it on the shelf, the sliding shelf in the oven with the tray about an inch underneath it. Yes. What's that about? Well, first of all, I don't like a chicken with a soggy underneath. And if you cook a chicken on its its back or its front, you know, whatever, whichever way you tip it up, all the juice that comes out of the chicken sits in there. So it slightly poaches the underneath of the Mm. chicken. So you get very wet chicken underneath Mm. and very wet kind of soggy skin. So I cook the chicken on the rack mm-hmm. with the tray underneath it. Mm-hmm. So you get crispy underneath. You don't get any soggy chicken. All the juice drips down into the tray ready to make the gravy. So that's so it's a bit like, it's almost like a rotisserie chicken. It gets cooked I was just going to say because you love a rotisserie chicken, don't you? What did you call it? Rotisserie. Okay, interesting. Why, what, did, rotisserie. what do you call it? It's rotisserie. It's a rotisserie chicken. Ro- ro- what? Rotisserie. Rotisserie. Yeah, not tisserie. I'm not sure about the tea. Rotisserie. Ah, it's the, um, it's the French in you. That's why. Okay. I mean, rotisserie is a French word, right? Yes. So you're right and I'm wrong. I've, <laughs> but I've northernized we're not that, it. We're not, I mean, normally we apart. are miles apart, but like on that yeah. pronunciation, I would say it's negligible. Okay. But that's how I cook a chicken. I want all the juice out of it in, in a separate area. I, for I the can gravy. appreciate how you cook a chicken okay. and um, I can totally see why you do that. Well, you're about to taste it. I'm looking forward to that. Good. Um, so that's it, I think, isn't yeah. it? That was for today. We love you. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks very much. And for we'll listening. see you next week. And uh, yeah, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.